Hey, Flatirons, how are we? That was kind of weak. Uh, so have you recovered from the snowstorm? Because I thought you were tough Coloradans, but you stayed home. I know who you are. But uh, hey, hey, if you're new to Flatirons, uh, so let me tell you how it works. So, so at, at all of our campuses, we have, uh, we have lo- the worship is all done there live. And then when I walk up here, it goes, it goes live. So I'm being streamed live to, to, to our campus. And so f- here's what I want to do at Genesee and at Aurora and at Denver and at Lafayette. For the first time, because they're listening, will you please welcome our Longmont campus? Give it up for them. They're, they're listening. Awesome. It's so good. And I just got a text. Um, uh, so they just opened the doors and they're packed out. The overflow is packed out. The kids' ministry is packed out. And they have another service at 11. So, um, so it's so good. Um, so I'll keep checking throughout the day. So um, uh, uh, if, if you weren't here last week uh, because... You're wimp. If you weren't here last week for whatever reason, um, listen, there are certain weeks uh, or moments in the life of, of, your, of anything. Last week was a moment in the life of our church. And if you weren't here, here's what you can do anytime. Uh, we, we teach in series here. And if, you, if you're gone or out of town, you can jump back online. This is that week. Get online and go back and watch last week about what God did in this place. I'm going to make reference to it. Uh, and I don't have time to kind of review where we've been. Just get online and, and, and watch that. And you'll just kind of... If you're trying to figure out who we are and what we're about, um, do, do that. Okay, today, today I want to I wanna start a, like a, a five-week series, um, and I, I hinted at it last week. Today's just going to kind of like be the, um, like the introduction. Like there's not a lot of application, uh, except I want you to think about some stuff, and then here's the challenge at the end. Decide if you want to come back. All right, and if you, if you do, great, welcome, and if not, um, don't. But anyway, but, uh, but he, here's the thing, is I, and, I, and I, I, I talked about this last week. Um, I, I'm going to ask some really important questions today and over the next month, over and over and over, a really, really important question. And it's not the question that just comes to mind. You know, as we move into, you know, a new year, there's certain questions that we always ask, like questions like this, like, what needs to be done? Well, that's a lot, all right, or, or like, what needs to change you know, or how about this? What do, we, what do I need to do better this year than I did, I did last year? Those are all good questions. That's not the most important question that I want us to ask ourselves, all right? Or here's another really, really important question, all right? How about this? What is it that Jesus says needs to be done in my life, in your life, in, in my marriage, in, in this church? It's an important question. Uh, it's not the one we're going to get to today. What is it Jesus says needs to be done? Or what does Jesus say needs to change in any part of my life? Or what does Jesus say needs to, needs, needs to get better? Again, that is a good question, and, and it needs to be addressed. But here's the thing, all right, is that, that no matter, you know, how you answer those questions and if you get them right or whatever, it's really a moot point to even ask yourself that question if it doesn't lead to another really important question. And the question goes like this, yeah, but do you want to do it? Right? Do you, do you want to do it? And I, again, um, I have plenty of things in my life I need, I know I need to do. I have a, a list of things, a pile of things, just, just, uh, just so many things that I know I, I need to stop doing. None of your business. I, I need to start doing. I need to change. I need to, to get better at that part. Of it. I, I, have a, I, I know there's a lot of things that I need, I need to do. As a matter of fact, all right, so if you're new to Flatirons, I'm just going to tell you who your pastor is, and then maybe you can just find another church. But let, I'm going to confess a lot here. It's like if I never cracked a Bible again for the rest of my life, and didn't get any more new information, I already have a whole list of things that I know Jesus wants me to, to change. 
Things that Jesus says, hey, Jim, you need to change that. You need to get that in your life. You need to get that out of your life. If I didn't learn anything else, I have enough on my things to do, needs to change list to, to last me for the rest of, of my life. I know what Jesus wants me to do. I know what Jesus says that I need, I need to do. So here's true confession, right? And I don't think I'm the only one. Here, here's, here it is, all right? I, I don't always want the same things Jesus wants. Anybody else Okay, you're much more honest than last night. Last night, you're like, well, I, I, I don't know. All right, whatever, all right. I, 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 there's some, I don't, I, geez, I know what you want. I, I don't know if I want to do that. And some of you are like really spiritual, and you're sitting there going, oh, I do. Praise the Lord, all right? So, so let's be honest, all right? Even if you say, I want the same things Jesus wants, how, how about this? I don't want to do what it's going to take to see what Jesus wants become a reality in my life. That's going to be hard. So I know, I, I, I guess I should want that, but it, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want what Jesus wants in my life, if I want it bad enough or desperately enough to, to let go or, or, or reprioritize some other stuff in my life that honestly, I want more than what I want from Jesus. And I know that maybe that disappoints you, but I'm just being, being honest. There's this guy named Dallas Willard. He's one of my favorite, favorite authors and teachers. He passed away a few years ago, but he just nails it. This is what he says is going on inside of us. He says, I have a broken wanter. Perfect. Nails it, okay? My, my, my wanter is just busted, all right? Meaning this is it. I, I know what Jesus wants, and I know what I should want, the same things Jesus wants. I don't. I got a broken wanter, all right? And that's my problem. Now, not all the time. Every once in a while, all right, I have a moment where the dots connect, and I actually want the same thing Jesus wants. And when I want what, what I want, and it's the same thing Jesus wants, I, I, I change stuff, I adjust stuff in my life. I, I do some things differently. I'm willing to sacrifice some things. I was planning to do this, and then I want something, and it's the same thing Jesus wants. And, and when, when I do that, you know what? It feels good. Whenever my wants and Jesus' wants, they line up, and, and it gets done. It just feels good. I'll give you an example of that. You know, back in December, if, if you're here, I had this idea. It goes like this. Let's take this old yellow VW all right, and, and we'll use it, we'll leverage that old car to, to leverage it to bring attention to the needs of some families in Denver. They're really going through a hard time right now. They call Flatirons their, their, their home. Maybe if we gave them the gift of a reliable, safe car for their family, not only would it kind of meet a physical need in their life, which it will, but more importantly, maybe we could send us like a spiritual message or a reminder that, that God is who he says he is and he keeps his promises. That's the definition of faith, by the way. And his promise goes like this. He loves you no matter what. Even if nobody else loves you, he loves you. He loves you no matter what you've done or what's been done to you. He'll take care of you. And even when it feels like he's a million miles away, he is right here with you all the time. And, we, and so, so here's our, was our idea. Maybe if we like pooled our money together two weeks before Christmas, all right, and, and we bought some cars and gave them away, maybe someone could find hope, right? Maybe someone could find hope. And so you, if you weren't here, get online, or if you, if you listen online, or you were here, here's what happened, all right? You sat in one of our campuses, and you heard this kind of this, you caught a vision for like helping people, and something in your heart kind of clicked, and you went, well, that makes sense. That actually makes sense. A lot of stuff in church doesn't make sense. That makes sense. That's important. And you didn't stop there, though. You didn't stop there. You took it to the next step. And here's what you said in your heart. I want to be a part of that. Because there's things that are important, there's things that make sense in your life, and, and you just kind of don't do anything with it. But, but a bunch of us said, you know, I want to be a part of that. And then here's what, here's what a lot of you did. You reprioritized the things in your life that, that you don't have enough of. Nobody has enough time. 
and you said, time out, I'm going to do this. All right, everything is vying for your attention. You know, come pay attention to me. You went, hey, I'll get to you later. I, I have to go out in, the, in one of the lobbies and do something. You took what limited money you had. You plan on spending it on something there, but you spent it and you put it and you gave it in, in those, those boxes. And together we raised over $400,000. And it's still coming in, by the way. It's the largest offering we've ever received here at Flatirons. And over the next several weeks, a bunch of people, like 60 families, are, aren't just going to get cars. They're going to get hope. Now, here's the question that I kind of left off with last week, all right, if all that's true. What if, what if, just go with me for a few minutes on this, all right? What if you, what if, right, or me, or we, whatever it is, what if each one of us had this vision for our life? A vision for our life, like like the, the purpose of our life, and what our life could be leveraged for was so big and so so important and so compelling that whatever came out of us, whatever we did with our lives, no matter who we are, men or, or, or women, young, young boys, young girls, husbands, wives, dads, moms, single, married, old, young, rich, poor, gay, straight, red and yellow, black and white, they, right? It's a great song. No matter what, right? What if we didn't have to wait for a holiday or uh a tragedy, there's another earthquake, there's a fire, there's a tsunami, there's a hurricane. There's gonna, there are always going to be those, all right? But what if we didn't have to wait for the, the next sad commercial on TV that makes us cry before we actually said, I want to do something that lines up with what Jesus says needs to happen in our lives? Why, why, do we, why do we have to wait? What if there was something going on inside of us that was so connected to Jesus and his vision for what needs to happen in this world that whatever we do, everything that we do that comes out of us every day is the same thing that Jesus wants and says that needs to happen. And we're involved in it because we, we've started wanting the same things. What if? What would happen? Let me, let me put it like this. What, what, if, what if you wanted the same things that Jesus wants? Do you think... Do you believe, do you have some level of confidence? Let's go with this, right? If your heart lined up with Jesus' heart, all right, do you believe that what would come out of you has a chance, has a shot at being better than what is currently coming out of you? If your heart lined up with Jesus, what's coming out of you, do you think it might get better? Like when it comes to your marriage? If you wanted the same thing that Jesus wants for your wife or your husband, would it make a difference? If you wanted, if your heart lined up with the heart of God about what it looks like to parent your children or to actually get along with your parents, how, how, would your stress level change? Would your level of worry change? The things that you're afraid of, the things that kept you up all night this week, all right? Would it, if, if your heart lined up and says, I want the same stuff Jesus wants, would it impact not just your emotional life and your spiritual life? Is it possible it would affect your blood pressure, right? Like, like your health could actually maybe not be stressed out all the time. Imagine if you had that kind of vision for your life. Let's just don't stop there. Imagine that you had that kind of vision for your life, and then you linked up with twenty or 30,000 other people in Colorado who say, Flatterns is my church, and we all have the same vision for our life. Can you, can you imagine what would happen? I mean, can you catch a vision for what Jesus, you know, if it would begin to do, like if, if you had a heart, the same heart as Jesus, and then you linked arms with tens of thousands of other people who have that uh, heart, a heart for Jesus, let me... What would Jesus do to this church? Well, I don't know what he's doing in other people's churches, but what would he do in your church? And then what would he do to this city? What would happen in this city? And then in this state, and then in this country, and in this world, if, if what Jesus says, I want that to happen, I need that to happen, if all of us linked arms and went, we'll do it. You wanna do it with me? Absolutely, let's do it. What would happen to our world? 
And we got just a, a taste of it. Just a few weeks ago, in December, we had four campuses spread across Denver, all right? Aurora, uh, Denver, up in Genesee, and then here in Lafayette. And together, on a whim, with no planning whatsoever, we raised over $400,000 for people in need. And today, we welcome Longmont, all right? Welcome in, in, into uh, this, the, our fifth campus, all right? But why stop there? Go with me, what if, all right? What, 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 what will happen, not what if, what, what will happen, why not, when we have 20 campuses? Or 50. What if 50 campuses all on the two weeks before Christmas pulled all, 50 campuses worth of people pulled all their money together? How many single moms could we have helped this Christmas? How many people could we feed? How many, how many senior citizens who can't afford their prescri- prescriptions could we actually help if we all said we have a vision and now there's 50,000 of us? Why not? You know what I love about, I love these bracelets. All right? Tangent. <laughs> Okay, ADD, all right. I'll tie this together, just this is what I do, all right. So um, I, I do, I love the, I love, I don't want to call them bracelets, uh, bands, it's more masculine, all right, all right. Yeah, um, I love these thin red lines, and, and you know what else I love? And, and some of you are going to roll your eyes, and I don't care. I, I love these stickers. I do, and I know people vandalize them, put horns on them, and put a circle, and it's like, the devil's church, whatever that is, oh, listen, okay? So I, I, love, I love seeing them all over Denver, all, all over the state, all right? All right? So, uh, so for you new people, this is not like the official cult sign, or, you know, we don't have that on our car, and then we have a gang sign that we give to the other car. This is not that, all right? I hope, all right? When I see that, or whenever I see another dude with this on, all right, um, you know, my first response is not, man, there's a lot of us. It's not. It's not arrogance. It's not... You know what, first, when I see that, you know, my first thing is, I'm not alone. I'm not alone, right? There's somebody else, I don't know their name, I might, probably haven't even met them before, but there's somebody else who's running after the same thing that I'm running after. And usually, God just arranges it in such a way that um, when I see that sticker or when I see another guy with one of these on, um, it's usually at a time when I'm going, I don't, I'm just about ready to give up. Yesterday morning, I had to drive, I live in Erie, I had to drive down to Westminster, and I was driving down Sheridan. I saw six stickers. I, I did, and I, and I knew what I was going to talk about today, you know, and, and when, I, when I see those, it just, it just gives me hope. Like when, I, like when I'm at the gym or I'm in an airport in another city or, or whatever, and it happens all over the country, all right, a, a waiter will come up and, 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 and is, you know, serving a food, and I'll see he has one of those on, all right? So like it happened in the gym this week. I'll, I'll look across the gym, and I've never met this guy before, and, but he has one of these on, and then he sees I have one of these on, and you know what I think to myself? Yeah, me too, dude. I'm trying not perfectly, there's another guy who's like trying to fix his eyes on Jesus and trying to love his girlfriend or his wife or this one, whatever, better than he did be before and lost it, right? There's a guy who's trying to lead his children and protect them in, in the right way and probably not doing it perfect and neither am I, but he's trying. So here's, here's what I do at the gym when I see a dude with one of these on. I just do this. And then he, and he looks back at me and goes, and then we move on. We don't hug it out in a towel, in the shower. Yeah, it's like, ah, we don't do that, right? That's weird, don't do that. Do not hug me at the gym. All right, so, all right, so. It's just like, I'm not alone. Does that make sense? These are in the lobby if you want to get one, guys. All right, so, or how about this? You know, I'm driving down to Westminster yesterday, and I, and I know what I'm going to be talking about this weekend, and I see a sticker on the back of the car, and I pull up beside this lady, and here's, here's what I thought to myself. If I rolled down my window right now, went, and I went, you run good, she wouldn't call 911. <laughs> Maybe, I, 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 right? 
she would go, oh yeah, I was there. I know what that, I know what that means. You know, you know what else I love? I love, I love driving up behind a minivan or something like that. And there's a bunch of them. There's a mom one and a dad one. And then there's like three little ones, all right? And here's, here's what I think to them. I like that. I, I think, how happy were those kids that day? When they went, let's put our church sticker on there. And they're like, that one's me. You know, whatever that is. And here's what I think. There's a family. Remember how hard it is to be a young family? There's a, a family running after grace and truth. Not perfectly, but at least they're trying. And here's the other thing. After day, here's what I'm going to be thinking. Whenever I see like the, the, the flat on sticker or the American flag sticker on a truck or something like that, I'm, I'm going to look and, and wonder, hey, 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 mister, are, are, you, are you trying to figure out your purpose in life like I am? Are you trying to answer some what if questions in, in, in your life? I can't stop thinking about it. See, think about this. Would it make a difference? If it, would it make a difference is later this week, you have the worst day at school or the, just the worst day at work. Like your boss is like on st- stupid steroids. I mean, he's, he's lost, she's lost her mind. It's, it's stressful. It's frustrating. You're angry. You feel defeated. You're like, I, I, I might get fired. I might quit, whatever that is. And here's what's going to happen. As you're driving home, you're about to pull into your driveway and take it out on all the wrong people again because they just have to take it because they're family. It's what we do, right? Right? Or, or how about this? You're driving somewhere later, later today, and this is how it happens with me. You didn't see it coming, but something just pops in your mind or something pulls your trigger, and all those old memories and all those old messages and all those old temptations and all those old addictions wrap themselves around you and try to take ownership of you, remember? And you're on your way home, but then here's the thought that comes, comes to us, all right? With one text to a certain person, I can meet them somewhere, and this becomes a very different night. My question is, would it make a difference is that that last stoplight, you pull up, contemplating what you're going to do, and you look around, and there's five stickers surrounding you. <laughs> would it make a difference? Because I, 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 think it, I think it would, because here's what, here's what it does to me. It reminds me that I'm not alone. Is that I, this is what we've been studying in here, is that there's a great cloud of witnesses in heaven from Jesus and Moses all the way to my dad who are watching and they are cheering me on and saying, don't give up. And here's the other part, is that I'm surrounded by tens of thousands of people here in Colorado who say, yeah, me too. I'm trying to run after Jesus too. Would it make a difference if you just saw one of those and going, all right, I'm going home. Last night I was talking to a dad whose son just shipped out for Iraq. It's his first deployment, right? And he's nervous. Will you pray for my son? Will you pray for So I, he told me that last week. To, he's on the security team with us. And yesterday he said, so it's, it's crazy. So my son shipped out and he's going to Iraq and he got to Kuwait and, and he went in the dorm. Some of you have been there, right? So uh, he got in the dorm and he's, he's like, he's this kid in Kuwait. And you're just overwhelmed and lonely. And he sits down and on his bunk and his door is open and he looks across the hallway in Kuwait and on the door in a dormitory on an army base in Kuwait is a flat iron sticker. <laughs> now who arranges that? <laughs> See, it's not about arrogance. It's not about look how whatever we are. It's just like God uses little things like that to keep people going. So let's go, what if, okay, what if, all right, I've been thinking about this, I've been looking forward to today, all right, and it's just introduction, all right, so what, what if, I don't know where you live, but whatever, wherever you live, what if like, like half the people or most of the people on your block, they knew about you, 
Right, that you're that flatterous person. And so, but you had a good reputation around your, your neighborhood so that when you walked around and wore a shirt like this, we're not giving it up. We had it first. There you go. All right, sorry. Right? But, but, but when you walked around and you said things like, yeah, yeah, me, me, me too. And, and you, hey, you run good and growth takes time and there's two deals on the table and you gotta hold on to both grace and truth and not beat people up with either one. What if they just knew you're that grace and truth family? You're that, that family that, that they don't throw out judgment. They just say, me too, come on over, you can eat popcorn at our house. What if you were that family? What if, how about this? What if there were no lonely widows or widowers in your neighborhood anymore because you identified who they, they are and you make sure that they get talked to every single day? What if, I got one of these coming up. What if your HOA meeting <laughs> became better than it has been? Right? So what if your HOA meeting is not about, you know, who didn't mow their yard and you know who needs to paint their house, you know who didn't shovel their walk? Eerie Commons, I got your letter. I know. Okay, but anyway, um, what if your HOA, and I'm guilty of that, what, what if your HOA meeting became something like this? Hey, has anybody noticed that so-and-so hasn't mowed their yard in a couple weeks and they always shovel their walk, but this time they, different, they didn't? Ready? Maybe somebody should check on them. Ta-da. Maybe, maybe somebody should just check by and make sure everything is okay. Or how about that? Don't even wait for it. Just go mow their yard or shovel their walk, all right? And right, just go help, all right? Not because Flatirons is, we, we've launched a lawn mowing ministry or a walk shoveling or a visit every widow in your neighborhood. No, no, because here's, here's why, all right? Because you've become the kind of person that loves their neighbor. And the key phrase there is, you've become the kind of person who... Something's changed. And I become the kind of person who, and the rest of that is, I become the kind of person that's the same kind of person Jesus is. And that's why what I do and what is coming out of me is new and better than it used to because now I want some of the same things that Jesus wants. But in order for something new and better to come out of us on the outside, something new and better needs to happen on the inside. And that brings me to this series, right? Something's gotta change. How, how does that change happen? But again, unless we go on to the next question, doesn't matter how you answer that question. The follow-up is this. And do I want that to happen? Do I want to change? Do I want to be that kind of man? Do that kind of woman? Do I, do I want that kind of change to happen inside of me? Because some of us are going, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk to my neighbors. I don't want to help people. I'm busy. Okay. But what if you did? What if you did? Now, so we're going to go deep here. Lori, like, oh, sensei, I know. I studied for this one, all right? So, so I'm going to make some really, really big, strong statements that I believe are, are true. You don't have to believe this, all right? I, I believe they're absolutely true. They are hills that I would actually die on, okay? And here's what I want you to do, all right? So, and, and the way, if you're new to Flatirons, the way we take notes at Flatirons, all right, is, is simply this. Get your phone out, all right? Get your camera out and take a picture of the screen for two reasons. One, so you remember it. And second, so if you tweet it, don't misquote me. <laughs> because you don't get the emails. I get lit up. So, all right, so just get it right, all right? So, so here, I want you to take a picture of these, all right? And, and I want you to think about them on, on a couple different levels. The first one goes like this. Do I believe that? Do I believe that? Followed by this. And if I do, if I do believe it, what, what would that mean for my life? Because there's stuff that we claim to say, I believe that's true. It just doesn't make any difference. Okay, so I, I want you to, I'm going I'm to read them a couple times, and you're going to decide, you know, if, if you believe that. The first one goes like this, and this is pretty deep. Listen. <clears throat> See, I believe God's greatest goal in your life, in my life, your, your life, right, is to form you 
into the kind of person whom he can trust with whatever it is that you want. Yeah, let it sink in. I, I, God's greatest goal in your life is to form you into the kind of person whom he could trust with whatever it is that you want. Whatever you're asking for, he goes, yeah, absolutely, because I trust you. Now let me explain this, all right? There's this one time that Jesus said, it is possible to become the kind of person that has just a little faith, all right? Not a lot of faith, not like Pope-level faith or Saint-level faith or Pastor Jim faith, nothing that big, all right, right? I mean, just just shut up, Uh, just a little. Jesus says, if you had faith aside, and he said a mustard seed. So if you want to know what a mustard seed is, go home today and just sprinkle out some pepper and then pull one piece of pepper out. That's about the side of a a mustard seed. Because if you were the kind of person that had just that much faith, you could could look and see a mountain that is in the way, and you could, he says it's possible, you could speak to that mountain and go, hey, mountain, be moved, and it would throw itself into the sea. Now, I remember being a little kid, and my dad is a pastor. He taught that. I remember sitting in church going, that would be awesome. All right, that was when I was eight. I'm 55. Listen, that would be awesome. I mean, how cool, how cool would that be if you could speak to mountains and just move them? Because I know what my afternoon would be. Hold my beer, watch this, all right? right, right. <laughs> Boom, and I'd be throwing mountains all over the place. I'd be showing off. I'd be, I'd be like, you know, toss one here. Oh, yeah, well, what's this? You know, boom, there goes this, all right? I would take a mountain. I would drop it on Duke University because it just deserves it, all right? And I... <laughs> I would. Email me. I don't care, right? All right. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't move a whole mountain. I'd pick up one flat iron. I'd crush that little Subaru that cut me off in traffic yesterday, all right? I, I would. God loves her. Go meet him. All right. Whatever that is, all right? But are you profiling? Yes, I actually am. And um, listen, how foolish would it be for God to give me what I want when I don't have the character that could handle it, right? No matter how much I want it, I, if he gave me the, I, w- I would destroy ecosystems. I would, I, would, I, just, I, would, I would do everything wrong, right? It is his goal in my life. So something needs to happen. Here's the other big strong statement, all right? As our character is formed into the same character as the character of Jesus, our wanter will begin to want the same things that Jesus wants. And then he can trust us. Does that make sense? I'm gonna want the right things and I'm the kind of person that can actually, has the character to handle it. He goes, of course, of course, because that's what my son would want. You want the same thing, here you go. Now, now let me be honest with you. My typical response when I sit in rooms like this and hear people like that, for like me, sit up, stand up here and go, you know what? You should want better things and different things. My first response is, I know, but if I, ha- if I have to start wanting the same things Jesus wants, that means I have to give up all the things that I currently want. And I know it's probably good for me to give up some of the things I currently want. I just don't want to give them up. I don't want to. And so then you don't even pursue what Jesus might want you to do because you're not willing to give up what you want. So here, here's, a, here's a thought, all right? If it's up to me, here's permission, okay? Don't. Don't, don't change your own wanter. Just keep on wanting what you want. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about wanting different things. Don't worry about getting up out of here and going, I gotta act different, all right, right? Or at least don't make it like the first step on your list of things I have to do to become a better person so I want the same things that Jesus wants. All right, don't, don't, maybe it's on the list, but it's, it's, it's way down the list. Okay, let's put this at the top of the list. How about this? What, what if we just started getting to know who Jesus really is? And what he was really like and what he really said and 
And ask questions like this. Hey, Jesus, what is it you really want? Because I think a lot of times we put words in Jesus' mouth and go, hey, Jesus, I thought you wanted this. I think a lot of times Jesus would look back at us and go, I didn't say that. I don't want that to happen. That's your church. They came up with that on their own without me, all right? I, I, I want something very different. What if we just got to know Jesus more? Because Jesus says if, if you'll do that, he says this, if anything needs to change on the outside in any part of your life, he says this, with me on the inside, the outside will take care of itself. Because when Jesus changes you on the inside, what comes out of you is just different. Not because you tried to be different. See, I, I, again, I'm just going to try to make some more enemies here, okay? So, so I, I, I started to say most Christians, but that's way, too, that's way too broad, all right? I've been a Christian since I was eight. I, I've known Jesus since birth. I mean, my mom was a church organist. I was in there. Well, don't, don't, don't. All right, sorry, all right. So, so I've known Jesus pretty much all my life. So let me just say this. Most of the Christians that I have met in my life, including the ones I've met at Flatirons, could not tell you what's the number one thing Jesus talked about. Think about it. Don't answer it out loud. What's the number one thing? Most Christians that I know if I were to say, hey, when Jesus said I came to bring good news or, or here's the gospel, what did he mean? And most, think about it in your head, all right, what, what your answer is. Because here's where most Christians immediately go, like, here's the good news or, or here's the gospel. We really, we jump right to this. Jesus died on a cross to pay for your sins, and if you put your faith in him, your sins will be forgiven, and after you die, you'll go to heaven, not hell. That's the good news. And it is. And it certainly includes that, right? It cer- certainly does. But I, I just want, I want to clear something up for everybody, all right? Jesus wasn't in the ministry of threatening people. All right, let me say it like this. Jesus' number one message was not the threat of, you better turn or burn, and you better become a Christian, or I'll burn you in hell. He barely talked about hell. He, he did talk about it. But it wasn't his number one message. The number one thing when Jesus would stand up in front of people and teach, the number one thing was this. Hey, I want to tell you something that you might want to repent. You might want to rethink everything in your life if what I'm about to tell you is true. Because this is what's true. Jesus said this. He said the kingdom of God, or Matthew says the kingdom of heaven, all right? And it's the same thing. It's the presence of God. All, all access paths into God. No restrictions. He is right here. He took away your condemnation. He took away your sin. Anything that separates you, all right? He takes that away. The kingdom of God is right here and is available to anyone who will trust him. The moment you put a little bit of confidence in him and belief in him and trust him, it, and it starts right now. Here's the good news, right? Here's you can take all the parts of your life, starting like right now, not just the religious parts and the spiritual parts and the church parts and stuff like that, all the parts, all, all the parts, Right? Jesus has this whole thing called the Beatitudes and he, all the parts of our life. You can take the, the, the good parts of your life and the bad parts of your life, um, the ugly parts, the broken parts, the sick parts, the empty parts, the sad parts, the hard parts, the, the divorced parts, the addicted parts, the rich parts, the, the poor parts, the persecuted parts, the parts of your life that go to funerals and you try to figure out what, what it's all about, the parts of your life where you stomp your feet and go, this is not fair because it's not. You can take all that, and Jesus says, I'm right here. Just put them right here in the kingdom of God, and I will give them new meaning. And your peace and your joy will not be based on your circumstances and whether your, whether your husband kept his vows or your wife kept her promise or your parents were good or bad. That's not where your peace and joy is going to come from. It's going to be based on that in the kingdom of, of heaven, in the kingdom of God, Jesus is in you and with you. And when Jesus is in you and with you, no matter what this world throws at you, you're going to be fine. And that's good news. And everybody can take a breath. I'm fine. 
I'll give you another one, all right? Just again, all right. I, I, I think that this is one of the reasons why Christians, um, it's just not very compelling. It's just not very, it doesn't sound very, it's certainly not powerful, and it doesn't change very many people's lives anymore. It just seems like, so here's another example of, of what, I, Christians don't know how to answer this. And here's how I know that's true. I took my staff and broke them up into two groups. I asked my staff, answer this question. And up to this point, only two people on my staff even came close. So here's what I want. I want you to answer this question in, in your head, all right? Here's the question. What is eternal life? What is eternal life? Because it's like the goal of the New Testament, right? Of, of, of any Jesus. So you can have eternal life, all right? And again, here's where most of us are going right, right now. Here's what we say. Well, if you put your faith in Jesus, your sins are forgiven and you'll not perish. John 3, 16, we have a verse, all right? It means you won't go to hell and then after you die, you'll live with Jesus forever, okay? And that's true. But is that all it is? See, if that's true, then that means this, that the moment you put your faith in Jesus, like I, I trust him, I don't have it fully understood, but I trust he's the son of God and he died on the cross for my sins, at that moment, that's as good as it gets and nothing else happens or nothing else really matters until after your funeral and things get better. So really, honestly, the, the best we could hope for is that God does something in your heart and you, you say, I, I believe, and then maybe, maybe it's on the same week we have pools up here and we do baptisms, you get baptized and now you're a, a believer and then it crosses your fingers, maybe between the, the baptism pool and the car, somebody shoots you in the head so you can just get on to the good stuff. Right? I mean, you go, well, I never thought about it. I know. It is how Christians live their life. I became, a, I became a follower of Jesus and nothing really changed. But one day I'm going to heaven. What is eternal life? See, if you were to ask Jesus about eternal life, you know what? He would, he would hardly mention. He would talk about it, but he would hardly mention about what happens after your funeral. He would talk about it, but just a little bit. If you ask Jesus about eternal life, you know what he'd talk about? Today. He'd talk about this life. He would say, like, like you put your faith and trust in me, and you know what I'll give you? A new life from above. It's like you got, got reborn again, like, like, like today. Not later, like starting right now. Wouldn't it be great if we could just, like, like back Jesus in a corner? Like a guy named Nicodemus, like corner Jesus in an alley in Jerusalem and goes, I got some questions, buddy. Wouldn't you love to do that? Say, hey, Jesus, all right, just make it clear for me. What's this eternal life thing you keep talking about? All right? So let me set this up. There's this one time that Jesus, it's the night that he was arrested, and he's actually all by himself, and he's praying to God for us. And in this, he tells us the definition of eternal life. All right? So here's how Jesus is praying. He's talking to God, and, and this is what he says. He says, and this is Jesus, all right? And this is eternal life. Now, whatever comes after that is the right answer. Because it's Jesus. So, I, so, meaning, whatever you're thinking about, what ought to come after that, if it's not what, what Jesus said, file this away, you're wrong. All right? Jesus is really, really clear. So, this is what he says. So, this is eternal life that they, and they is us, that we may know you. Who? The one true God. So eternal life is knowing, really knowing the true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So this is eternal life. Eternal life happens the moment you pay attention to God and put some faith in him and say, I wanna know you. I wanna know you. And not just, I, wanna, I wanna know Jesus whom you sent to us. That's eternal life. It's a journey that starts the moment you start paying attention to him. And getting to know him. So a guy named Paul, who wrote it like the last fourth of the, of the Bible, 
he says, listen, all right, let me, get, let me get, clear it up for you. Because I want to know God. How big is that? I mean, he's big, huge, infinite, eternal, creator of the universe. You know, Lord God Almighty, right? But Paul says, listen, if, let me just make, simplify it if you want to know who God is. And Paul writes this. He says, for God, the same God who said, let, their, let light shine out of darkness. That's chapter one of the Bible. The same God who said, let light, let light shine out of darkness. That same God made his light shine in our hearts. And here's what, what happened when he shined his light. To give us the light of, here it is, the knowledge of God's glory so we can know what God is like because it's displayed in the face of who? Christ, right? Eternal life starts now in this life. I want to know who God is. And God says, you want to know who I am? Just look my son in the eyes and you'll know everything you need to know about me. It's all found in the face of Jesus. And the more you get to know Jesus and who he really is and what he really promised that's the definition of faith again. I believe he is who he says he is, and he'll keep his promises. He changes you on the inside, and then what comes out of you is just different. Not because you tried to want different things or fix your own wanter or, or because, you know, you, you just you try to be a better person, but because when Jesus is in you, your wanter becomes like Jesus' wanter, right? All right let, let me make another couple of big statements. Get your, get your phones out, right? So, so the whole thing is, Life gets much clearer eternally if I just know who God really is. Does that make sense? So let's go with this, all right? Think about this. Every sin, meaning I'm doing something and I know God doesn't want me to do it, all right? Every sin in your life, everything that you're afraid of in your life, everything you're insecure about in your life, all those things can be linked back to, if you think about it, can be linked back to either I don't really know who God really is or... Even if I do know he is, I don't believe that what God said is really true. At least for me. Think about it. All, all those things that, that you're worried about, that you're insecure about, that you're way off the rails on, it's either because you don't know who God is really, you have some jacked up version of God in your head, or you believe that what he says might be true for some people, but it wouldn't work for you. Just let that sink in this week, okay? Now, true confession time. All right, it's going to pop your bubble, all right? There is a chance that I might be wrong about some stuff in several areas of my life, okay? I'm just being honest with you, okay? I would love to stand up here and go, you know what? I, 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 after 33 years, I know marriage perfectly, but ask my wife. I've got some blind spots, all right? I, I would love to stand up and go, I've got finances figured out. I, I would Listen, you know what? I would love to say I know God as he really is, and I know everything there is to know about Jesus. But let's be honest, all right? It is very possible. I, I'm not aware of it, because if it, I was aware of it, I, I, hopefully I would correct it. It's possible that I'm holding on to some things about God and about his son Jesus that aren't true. It's possible. And here's why I can say that. Because I've had conversations with you, and when you tell me what you believe about God, I know you're wrong. So it's possible <laughs> that I might be off on a, on a few things here, here or there. Okay? So now just go with that. All right? M me too. We all got the shirt. Okay, sorry. So is it possible that some part of what you believe is true about God or what you believe is true about you or about life or about how the world works, is it possible that you're wrong. And maybe not totally wrong, but a little off maybe. I mean, you have to be a pretty arrogant person going, nope, nope. 
I got God, Jesus, and Mary's figured out. Ask her. See, honey, what? see, I'm perfect. All right? There's, none of us are that arrogant. We go, you know what? There's still a lot of area I got I to gotta figure out. So, so if eternal life is based on knowing who Jesus really is, knowing who Jesus really is, then the key word there is knowing. Knowing. How, I, I got to know who Jesus really is. Now, we're going to go philosophical. Ready? All right. Buckle up, here we go, all right, knowing, all right? We truly know something, like I know it, when we're able to represent something as it really is. Does that make sense? That's deep, that's the philosophy, folks, all right? We truly know, we, I know that when we're able to represent that as it, as it really is, all right? Meaning this, is I know something when I'm able to operate in the world based on, on, on how that really is. I'll give you an example. Let me talk to all the in- engineering people. You're a great example of this, okay? So, um, so... Some of you engineering people, um, you, you, you're sitting right now going, I, I know engineering. I know, I know engineering, and so because I know engineering and how it all works, I'm able to build things. I'm able to build buildings. I'm able to build bridges based on or out of reality and how things work in, in the world. What do you mean things? Like, I understand gravity. I understand things like friction. I understand things like, like, like stress levels. I understand that because I keep all those things in mind and how those all work in reality, I build based on that. But if you decide, you know what, I don't want that to be true. I don't want that to be real. I want something else to be real and I build my building on, on my reality in this world Here's don't go in my building and do not drive your car across my bridge, right? You know what you know why? Because it's a matter of time till it falls down. It's just it's just it's just gonna fall down. Because you know, there comes a time when everybody has a moment of truth. What do you mean? What do you mean truth? Here's the definition of truth. Ready? Truth is when whatever you believe runs into reality. Right? Truth is when your belief, right or wrong, runs into reality. We all live in our lives based on what we believe is true, and then you, you do it, and then you try it, and you try to build it or do it, whatever, in the real world, and then it falls down, and here's the aha moment. Whew, I guess I was wrong, right? Yeah, all right, let's just get really into this, all right? Um, just because you, you believe something's true doesn't make it true. Uh, example. Just because you believe there's gas in your tank doesn't mean there's gas in your tank. Well, the gate says there is. It's broken. All right? So go with that for a minute. There's a lot of us going, you know what? I want to believe that something that's different than what God says is true is still true for me. All right? I know what God says is true. Here's what I want. I want something else to be true for me. There's this phrase that's making the rounds. Thank you, Oprah. All right? And I'm not picking on, I am picking on her, but there's, it's not just her. There's a bunch of her. Right? Here's the phrase that everybody's throwing around. Yeah, but it, it's my truth. It's my truth. You have your truth and I have my truth. Your truth works for you. My truth works for me. Listen, just because it's your truth doesn't make it true. If your truth says my truck is full of gas but your gas gauge is broken and you put your faith in a broken gas gauge, it's your truth, all right? It just doesn't change the reality that your tank is still empty. No matter how much faith you have, no matter how much you want it to be true and pray it's true and sing a song about a full gas tank, whatever, you want it to be different. Listen, truth is when your life runs into reality. 
And the day is coming when you're going to be stranded on the side of the road and you're going to have this moment that includes this statement. I guess I was wrong. I guess I was mistaken. My truth didn't line up with what's really going on. And who's in charge of reality? My truth did not line up with what God says is actually real and works in this world. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to do the same thing I do when I'm stranded on the side of the road. You're going to get mad and frustrated or you're going to blame somebody else. But the only way to get moving again is to return to truth, find some gas, fill your tank up, and repair your broken truth measurer. Right? See, this is, what, this is how we're living our lives, all right? And it's a metaphor, but it's, it's, it's our metaphor. I, I want to believe that I can run my marriage like this, and it's different than what God says. I want to run my, my family like this. I want to run my health like this. I want to run my sexuality like this. I want to run my career in a way that is different than what God says is true. And folks, you are free to do that because you're free agents. You can do anything you want, all right? But... But, all right, you can keep driving down the road and you can hold on to whatever you says is, is your truth. But what happens, again, when you're stranded on the side of the road? What do you do when this one breaks down too? And here's what a lot of us did. We just opened the door and walk away from that stranded marriage or those kids that we couldn't handle or that, that job or whatever. And we just go find a new one and we get in that and we start driving. And it's a matter of time until that one breaks down too. And my question is, how many more marriages do we have to leave stranded on the side of the road? How many more kids have to grow up without a dad because dad couldn't figure it out? How many more kids have to get addicted because they, they're looking for all, all, everything in, in the wrong places? How many more relationships do we have to just make it turn into roadkill? How many more jobs, how many more dollars do we have to lose before we at least pull over and go, hey, God, you want to speak into this? Who are you, all right, and, and, and what needs to change or what needs to happen in my life to give me the best shot at actually getting to where I need to go in this life rather than a long string of broken down once again on the highway? Does that sound familiar? Now, time out. We just covered a lot of stuff. And here's what some of us are sitting here going. You know what you're thinking right now? Yeah, I, what's that have to do with that, the orange sticker? I, I'm not connecting it. What... Um, this is what I do. Let me tie it together, okay? And then we're going to get out of here and decide if we want to come back to see what, what it looks like, all right? So we started, if you fell asleep, um, we started with some big, some big what ifs. I, I see you. All right, so, all right, so here's the what ifs. If you, this is like the accelerated version. What if you had a vision for your life that lined up and agreed with what Jesus says is most important? What if... Followed by this. And then what if you could link arms with thousands, tens of thousands of us, of other people who had the same vision for their lives that lined up with and agreed with what Jesus says is important? What, what if, all right? But here's the next one. In order for that to happen, in order to have and do that, we would need to become the same kind of people on the inside that, that Jesus is. We have, we'd have to become kind of like Jesus. Now, followed by that is this. In order to do that, to become like Jesus, we have to know who Jesus really is and what kind of person he still is today so that we are not holding on to wrong beliefs and, and, and wrong turns that leave us stranded over and over on the side of the life's highway again. And Jesus, Jesus promises, Jesus promised that the more we get to know him, the more we'll trust him. And the more we trust him, then maybe we'll turn more parts of our life over to him. And the more we turn more parts of our life over to him, the more he changes us on the inside. And the more he changes us on the inside, he'll fix our broken wonder. And we'll want something different. And that's where I want to go for the next four weeks. I want to describe for you the kind of church I want to build with you. All right? I want us, and I think we're, we're headed the right direction, but I, I, I think we have to pay attention to some things. But here's what I want. If you have the courage, there's a whole lot of words that led up to that, right? uh, to put a sticker on the back of your car, all right? It's not about that, but 
if somebody goes, what's that sticker, or do you go to that church, whatever, I, I want you to be able to really clearly go in. You know, I'll tell you who we are. We're that church that has one focus, one purpose, one goal. We don't do it perfectly, but we're trying really, really, really hard. We're trying to build a church that is a place. It's a place where people can bump into Jesus and get to know who he really is. That's all. We want to open our arms wide to everybody who's looking for truth and go, hey, come in here. That's Jesus. This is what he said. This is what he's like. If anything needs to change in your life, that's between the two of you. Just get together with him and work out your crap. In your own way, in your own time, in your own speed. And until you do that, or if you never do it, you can still be here. I want to do that. And the question I'm going to end with is, do you want to do it with me? Now, I'm done. Almost. All right? So... Um, for the new people, I never stay on time, just so you know that, and there's no good football on anyway, so, because <laughs> we all hate the Patriots. Oh, so, um, um, we, we do. Hey, hey, hey Longmont, 855 people up there right now. I'm, um, that's crazy. That's literally 10 times bigger than the church I grew up in. Uh, anyway, um, all right, so a couple months ago, it's Father's Day, so whenever that was. I'm up at, at a cabin, and I'm on the front porch with my daughter. And uh, she just had a baby in December, and, uh, and she already had two, two little ones, all right? And so I was just going, hey, her name's Allison. I was going, hey, babe, so, like, what are you doing, like, to hold on? Because you remember, moms, how it's just hard, you know? So what are you doing, you know, to, to, to stay kind of full, you know, spiritually. And she said, well, and she started listening to some really good things. She says, I go to this thing called IF, and then uh, there's a, an IF Bible study that goes along with that. And then I'm in a soul group. Soul groups are kind of like the women's version of, of Crucible. Um, uh, and, then, uh, and then I'm in a group with Ben, my husband. We're with some other couples. And then the women in that group, we get together and, and do different things. And then I check my kids into Mom's Day in, Mom's Day out. And she listed four, five, six, six things. And I go, Al, that's awesome. Hey, I want to ask you something, something babe. Um, if I, if I could give you one thing, if, if Flatirons could give you one, just one thing, I can't give you everything. If I could provide for you one thing as a, as a, as a young woman, trying to hold it all together. And you know what? You can take out the word young woman and put old man, I, I, whoever you are, okay? If I could give you one thing, what, what is it? What would that be? And she didn't miss a, a beat. She goes, Dad, I just need to know that I'm enough in Christ. And there's part of you inside going, oh, babe, you are, you're good, <laughs> right, right? But I, I was in pastor mode, not gym mode, all right? So I said, so here's what I said to him. I said, I, said, uh, I can't do that for you. That's way above my pay grade. That's between you and God. That's between you and God's spirit doing something in your heart that only he can do. She didn't miss a beat. So she goes, okay, Dad, here's what I need. I need a safe place with some people that I really trust, safe people, where I can work through all the things that are going on in my head, all the memories, all, 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 the, all the, the messages, all the things that tell me every day that I am not currently enough and I never will be. I need a safe place to work through that stuff. And I looked back at her and I went, I can do that. I can build that. I can build a whole church where that's all we do. And that's what I want to unpack with you for the next four weeks. And then I'm going to ask the magic question. And it's not, anybody else need that? Because the answer is we all do. Here's the bigger question. Do you want to do that with me? And do you want to link arms with some other people? And build a church. Not compare ourselves to other churches. But build a church like this world has never seen. Right? That's what I want to do. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 10 minutes over, so when, it's, when you leave here at all our campuses, just run and get your kids and get out of here. All right, so, um, 
So here's what, but I don't, want you to, I don't want you to leave till after this next song. So it's a brand new song. So a long, you have a lot of people there at church for the first time. None of us have ever heard this song. I never heard it before yesterday, okay? So it's new for all of us. Here's what I want you to do, all right? So there's some of us that, you know, as soon as the band plays the first note, we jump up. Well, settle down, all right? So, so I want you to stay seated until the band tells you to, to, to stand up so we can learn this, okay? So if the person next to you stands up, just go, get down. Just do that in the name of Jesus, all right? So just do that, and then... Uh, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to this song in two different ways because it's called, Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Praise his name forevermore. Now, here's what I want you to do. There's some of us in here, we just need to tell him that because if we were honest, not based on what we want him to do, but what he's already done in our lives, let's be honest, there's some of us we would not be alive if he hadn't held us together as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Anybody, me too, right, right? I mean, we just wouldn't be here. And so we just need to take a time and go, I just praise your name forevermore. Here's the other part of that, okay? This is part of the vision I want to unpack with you, right? I I believe that there are, I'm just gonna pull a number out, 100,000 people up and down the front range that call, you know, the Denver area, right? Who they, they right now, I don't know what they're doing, but you know what? They don't, they don't want Jesus because they, they don't think they need him. And you know why? They don't know who he is. And if they know anything about him, I'm pretty sure, and a lot of us can relate to this, um, I'm pretty sure they think he doesn't want them. But as you sing this song here in a second, right, here's what I want you to visualize, because we are trying to get a vision, right? That somehow God rearranges the universe, that maybe the next those 100,000 people eventually sit in some place, either Flatirons or another church that will love them well, and they'll sit in there and they'll hear about Jesus and they'll go, I need him and I want him in my life. And I want you to pray for the day that they stand or sit in a chair next to you and something happens in their heart and the lights come on and they go, you're my God and I praise your name forevermore. Can you imagine what that day's gonna be like? So let's do that. So God, um, I'm overwhelmed right now with all the things that I need to do different and I need to change. And, and then I have a whole list of people that I want to go out and talk to about what they need to do different in their life. But, you know, that's not the point, and it's not even my job. I just want to know you. And so we want to become your people. The more we know you, the more you change us. And the more you change us, the more our response is, I'll do it. That's what you want, because I want it too. And so, God, I, I thank you for what you've already done in our lives. And now, God, without hesitation, I ask that you would trust us enough, because here's what we want. We want 100,000 people in Denver to call upon the name of the Lord. We don't want to be a famous church or the biggest church or the best church. We just want to be this place where people bump into Jesus without a bunch of judgment. Nobody's throwing stones at us. We're just working out our crap with Jesus in our own time, and then the rest is up to you. We just want to be your people. And right now, we're going to praise your name because of who you are. You're Jesus. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.